These old men, they played one. We're having podcasts just for fun. It's Get Geekish. And we're here for you. Can I just Sit- say, you, I'm really glad yeah. you didn't work knickknack into that. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I thought about it. I thought about it. Hey, it's Get Geekish. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to another podcast. Uh, Derek over there, I'm Bino, and thank you for joining us once again, as always, for another uh, half hour or so of the ramblings in our heads. Right. <laughs> And uh, if you couldn't tell by that glorious, almost rhymey intro, we're going to talk a little about nursery rhymes this week, because some of them are a little more nefarious than we probably wanted to believe as kids. Well, and what's funny is like the reason this this got brought up and the reason I'm bringing it up to you is if I can find it here. Um, my son was watching like Coco Melon and stuff like that, and then he went he found a different show. I don't think it was Cocomelon, but it's something different. And they had a nursery rhyme on there called Little Kitty in the Well. Actually, this may have been one I popped. I don't even remember where it was, but it was Little Kitty in the Well. And I've never heard about it before, but basically it's like ding dong, bell, kitty's in the well. And like this kid grabs a cat, throws him in the well. And then like people tell him, don't do that type of stuff. And I'm like, that's just a, that's a serial killer type of. Type of type of nursery rhyme. I, I can't say I've ever heard "Little Kitty in the Well," and I kind of don't I want to. <laughs> I didn't either. I was just like, "What?" The? So it's called "Ding Dong Bell." That's what it is. Oh, "Ding Dong Bell." Um, gotcha. It is from the earliest recorded reference to the rhyme is from John Lant, the organist of Winchester Cathedral in 1580. So yeah, um, that's. Kind yeah, of crazy. Same, same point. That's, that seems like a fairly good lesson for kids, though, right? Like, don't don't throw little animals in the well. Well, so like the <laughs> the most common version is it, this says "Ding dong bell, kitty's in the well. Who put her in? Little Johnny Green. Who pulled her out? Little Tommy Stout." And it's just like there's different iterations of that, but I'm like, that's kind of a messed up little thing, like to to be teaching to. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's that's mine. I know there's there's so many, but that's what started it. So that that's okay, the one that started it. <laughs> that's our our jumping off point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one because I was also when uh, when you brought this up, I started looking up and I you know some of the mushrooms I had some ideas or things I had heard about what they were based on in the past. Some other ones I literally had some jaw dropping moments. And another one, the internet has let me down again, which it does a lot lately. Yeah, the number of websites of people that have claimed to you know have the original stories of different nursery rhymes, and they just made something up because it sounded nice. Like there was one where I found an entire article that I won't post up there to throw anybody specifically under the bus, but they had a whole article about rub a dub dub, you know, three men in a tub, blah blah blah, and a whole reference about how this was a reference to uh, you know anti-gay slanders of some period time period and all these kind of stuff for it. And it took like two minutes of research to see that that particular one was from the 14th century. And it used to be rub-a-dub-dub three maids in a tub, not three men in a tub. And the whole original rhyme was a way to call people out for doing bad things like, you know, ogling naked ladies in a pub because they reference this action (laughs) of people that are normally respectable and doing things that aren't good. And, you know, this this the three maids in a tub was a reference to something that was like the equivalent of a peep show back then. So it was a way to call people out and tisk tisk people for doing things like that. What's the best way to teach your toddler not to do a peep show? Well, (laughs) let me tell you. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that, you, you <laughs> throw a top of the tub and rub-a-dub-dub, here's some naked people. Like, whoa, wait, hold on. Let's, let's back that thought train up just a little well, bit. And it's weird, too, because, like, you know, these are quote-unquote called nursery rhymes, right? So they're, they're things that you would tell your baby or your toddler. But some of these sound like stuff that people would get together just to chastise other people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, little little rhymes that just like, oh, that's that's a cute sounding thing. I'm going to tell my kid that, you know, like, it was it was what? TikTok for the 1500s, you know. Ticketalketh. I got another good one for you of a good old Jack and Jill. Yep. They went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Yeah. Do you know what that one's about? I do not. OK, there's there's two theories I found on this one. First one dates back to the 1700s, and it states that Jack is actually King Louis the 16th, and that Jill is his queen, Marie Antoinette. The king was beheaded, hence Jack fell down and then broke his crown, and his queen was killed shortly after. You know, fun things to sing about. And then the other theory was that it was actually inspired by a hill in Kilmerton, Somerset. Now, if you're expecting a much happier version here, you're going to let down because this one's even worse, I think. <laughs> Supposedly, it was based on the this hill, and a couple lived nearby this hill, and they were expecting a baby. And the dad went up the hill to fetch some water, fell down, had an accident, and died. And then the mom then passed away after giving birth to their expected child shortly thereafter. And there's actually like a plaque for Jack and Jill on this hill somewhere in Somerset, so... Jeez. <laughs> Does that take some of the, you know, you see all these little preschool kids singing this song like, man, that is harsh. <laughs> well, I remember the one and I don't I don't I think this has been debunked. I don't remember. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But mm-hmm. I remember the huge thing going through school was, you know, Ring Around Rosie. That was about the plague. Mm-hmm. Now, Which is true. Oh, it wasn't debunked. I thought somebody was like, no, it's not. It's like they debunked it. It was about something else. But well. I, I will agree that anything we say here, you don't have to take as facts because even the stuff <laughs> right. I've been reading at, I found multiple websites that contradict each other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things are written so long ago that nobody has the, I mean, there wasn't like a copyright agency happening in the 1400s. So it goes of people heard the story, wrote down the story. And it's, you know, historians dig through and find the first places. So I'm not going to say with any sort of uh, pertinence that what I say is exactly 100% correct. But the last stuff I researched about Ring Around the Rose because that's exactly what it was about. Right. Well, I just, I'm looking at three blind mice right now. You know, the three blind mice, three blind mice, the other one. Uh, apparently, that's 17th century Britain. Protestants and Catholics didn't exactly get along. And the mice were three Protestant loyalists who were accused of plotting against the Queen Mary called Bloody Mary because of the massacres that the Protestants uh, carried out in her name. Queen Mary, the farmer's wife, but she didn't cut off the tails of the three Protestants plotters. She burned them at the stake. So, again, this is stuff that somebody saw in real life, some twisted stuff, and they're like, you know what, let's let's twist this. And I get the, that they had to do that, you know, to protect themselves and everything like that so they could go, oh, no, this isn't about that, but it really is about that. But then people were like, you know what? I like this. Let's turn this into th- three blind mice. That's cute. Let's turn this into a little nursery. Hey, hey, Timmy, come here. You know, <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> um, I've always thought this one is creepy in itself. Uh, the Rockabye Baby one. Uh-huh. You know, the in the treetop when a wind blows, cradle will rock. I always think of Goonies on this one because when she, the mom's singing it to Sloth, you know, the cradle will fall and he freaks out. Um, even as a kid, though, I always thought Rocket My Baby was a little bit creepy because of those things. Um, so 
there's competing theories about the origins of this one. Um, one holds a slight reference to the child of King James II and his queen, who was uh-huh. rumored to have been born to someone else and smuggled into the birthing room to ensure a Catholic heir. Um, the <laughs> that one's that one's kind of funny. So that's the that's the one theory that I have about that one. It's just it, it, this goes back to years about the. I think a lot of them go back to the royalty things of ways to poke fun at them or, mm. you know, ways to get around, you know, the satire, if you will. Mm. So <laughs> this one's saying like, that's not his kid type of thing. Or it's his kid with somebody else who's, you know, not of, not of royalty. But, um, yeah. Okay. Here's the, yeah, I, I see this right now. Ring around the rosy. This one, this website says it's about the plague. So. Yeah, but I also just fact-checked myself, and I looked up on Snopes, and Snopes just says that it was not based on that because the different versions of it were all written really close to it, and they're like, the odds of three different poems being written within five years of each other all referring to something that they hadn't even decided what was happening yet is darn near impossible. (laughs) But all the stories go along with it say that the the posies are either something to ward off the disease or masking the stench of death. Or laying on a grave in a funeral pyre. And then the ashes were all about the sneezing sounds of plague victims or the ashes of the dead. And it just just happenstance. That it I'll tell you what, it way. works. It very works. Um, How many dead bodies are you trying to cover the smell of? No, no, I'm saying, I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm not saying that works. I'm saying, I'm saying the nursery rhyme for the plague itself works. Then I could see why people were like, oh yeah, that's about that. I see. I thought. I thought I read something that said no. It's. It's not about that. But I mean, there. Like you said, there is tons of websites that are like, yes, it is. So again, yeah. with us, we're not like fact checkers on this stuff. So yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm going to have to fact check some of the stuff I'm putting with the blog that's going to go with this as well, and some are going to be wrong. But they're still kind of fun stories. So just you know, mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like the game of telephone, right? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they they started as one thing and then. People twisted it and went, oh, yeah, this is about King James or this is about, you know, Bloody Mary or blah, 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 blah stuff, you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So an interesting one that uh, the meetings debated is Pop Goes the Weasel. Let's hear it. So the not so bad version <laughs> is that it was about weavers who lived in East London and they were called the Spitalfields. And when they're weaving fabrics, they had a machine that was called a weasel and it made a popping sound. So they do weaving and pop goes the weasel. Now, the other theory that gets a little more downtrodden uh, said the whole rhyme is written in the Cockney rhyming slang, which people use to disguise what they were saying. Much as you said before, right. poke fun of other people knowing you're poking fun. They said it's actually about people living on the edge of poverty and having to pawn their winter coats to survive. Okay. Because when you, uh, you know, the weasels referred to a lot of their, the winter coats type of thing. And then popping something would be basically going to a pawn shop consignment type of thing. So somebody said that the whole song was written as a way of saying, oh, yeah, that's great. Everybody have fun. I'm going to die if I don't sell my winter coat right now. <laughs> I believe that we could probably do a 10 series run podcast on just Cockney in general. Because the stuff that they have for other words and everything like that. You know, I went I went down a rabbit hole once where I I started like trying to research some of that stuff. I'm like, this makes no sense. Like they have words that doesn't even 
you like you wouldn't even think that it has to do with what it has to do with. So, I mean, that one kind of makes sense. I, I'm not sure just how much Cockney our listeners can deal with. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I'm pretty the, sure I'm not. I'm not sure how much Cockney I can deal with. <laughs> there is the, yeah. It's 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 an interesting interesting language or way of speaking. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, how about it's raining? It's pouring. The old man is snoring. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hear it. This is a simple rhyme about head trauma. I mean, really, it, oh, that's yeah. actually a relative one. That wasn't recorded until 1939. And my guess is it was just, it rhymed and that's all it really was. But you read between the lines and the, the whole thing is, you know, somebody falls down, breaks his head, doesn't get up or can't get up or won't get up the next day. Yeah, that's, that's, that needs a hospital. <laughs> that one that one I feel like just started, you know, some <laughs> one day like grandpa was visiting or farm or something like that. And he fell down and they were like, oh, man, did you see it was raining? It was pouring outside. <laughs> What's wrong with the, the brain comes to come up with that? Like, oh, look, it's raining. Let's write a song. It's raining. It's pouring. Yeah. Grandpa fell down and hit his head. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, <laughs> the old man's snoring. <laughs> Maybe grandpa's snoring was so loud that they couldn't finish writing the song they wanted to. So they just did that. Right. Um, London Bridge is goes all the way back to Middle Ages. You know, London Bridge is falling down. Um, the bridge that got across the Thames was needed lots of repairs over the centuries. But the most compelling theory about this song dates to the bloody Viking raid on the city in the year 1000. So that's way back when <laughs> that they decided to do the London Bridge. I, I question the use of descriptors in that, though. Like, right. was, the, was there very many non-bloody Viking raids? True. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Uh, here we go around the mulberry bush. This one, it's supposedly, this one I, I think is legit. Uh, that it originated from the female prisoners at Her Majesty's Prison in Wakefields, where there was a sprig from a mulberry bush taken to Stanley Wakefield, and it grew into a fully mature mulberry tree, and the prisoners exercised outside in the moonlight around that tree. I, it sounds believable. The other side of it is that it references Britain's struggle to produce silk because of the mulberry trees. But I think <laughs> I think women's prison is more fun. That one's a little bit more like real. What about uh, Humpty Dumpty? Let's take a look at that one real quick because not once do they ever mention that he's an egg. Yet every depiction we see is he's an egg, right? Mm -hmm. So that's weird. Um it's either about death or drunkenness. Both theories have their supporters. Humpty Dumpty was a popular 17th century drink made of brandy and ale, which might make you fall off a wall. So it was Humpty Dumpty. Do you think we could go into a bar and order a Humpty Dumpty? Do you think um, they would know what that is? Probably a very few select bars that we probably don't want to be in. Right. Um, <laughs> it may also refer to a massive armored weapon hauled to the top of a wall and used to rain down death on attacking troops during the English Civil War. So it's either about a drink or it's about a weapon. <laughs> I'm going to go with drink on that one. Right. But I also I, I do th I do find it weird that it it's always depicted as an egg in like, you know, animations or books or whatever like that it's mm. never mentioned in there that it's an egg you know i'm gonna do a little sidetrack real quick have you ever seen mother goose rock and rhyme i have not it was an amazing movie <laughs> it's probably <laughs> terrible from like the late 80s mid 80s i think we have a copy of it on vhs somewhere i have to find it out VHS. but it had uh 
Lucy Duvall. It had, I think, ZZ Top was in it. It was Paul Simon, a whole bunch of huge names in this thing. And it was all about a you know trip down living nursery rhymes. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think about it because no one else in the world had ever even heard of this movie. People had thought it was crazy, except for my wife. We were talking about one day and she actually had seen it, too. But I'm not sure any other two people on the planet actually remember the movie. <laughs> but get a chance, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably on YouTube somewhere. You know, you and your thinking. <laughs> I mean, there's people out there like you who have that like, oh, man, I, do you remember this? And then they'll they'll rip it right out of YouTube or else somebody will already have it up there or something. So, Oh, uh, yes, it was 1990 that one came out. Oh, uh, the 90s. <laughs> let, let me get you uh, some of the uh, the cast list for this movie because it's it's unreal for something that was the equivalent of like a B-movie kids show. Had Shelley Duvall was the main character, Little Peep. Little Richard was Old King Cole. Cindy Lauper was Mary. Harry Anderson was Peter Piper. Gene Stapleton was Mother Goose. Dean Gilroy was Gordon Goose. Paul Simon was Simple Simon. Uh, Howie Mandel was Humpty Dumpty. Debbie Harry was the old woman in the shoe. Art Garfunkel was Georgie Porgy. Bobby Brown was one of the three blind mice. Ben Viren was the itsy bitsy spider. Terry Gar was Jill. Woody Harrelson was Lou the Lamb. Cheech Marin was the carnival barker. Gary Shandling was Jack. Elaine Boosler was Mother Hubbard. Pia Zadora was Little Miss Muffet. John Sanuki, Katie Seagal, Brian Bosnell, David Leisure. Uh, Neil Gladwin, uh, ZZ Top, Dweezil Zappa, Brian Setzer, Randy Jackson, uh, and a few other people names. All those people were in that movie. Jeez Louise. <laughs> See, you want to watch it now, don't you? I kind of do, actually. Yeah. yeah. So if you're, if you're looking for... It's it's not evil nursery rhymes, but it's, it's a fun little trip down nursery rhyme road. I was going to say, it depends how you interpret them. Because, I mean... Some of the names that you just read were ones that we've talked about. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Let's see. What, what else we got here? We'll get through a few more of these before our time's up. Uh, Ladybird, Ladybird. I don't think I know that one. That's about ladybugs, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and a couple different options. One says it's written about the Great Fire of London in 1666. Another one says it's just about killing a ladybug. A ladybug was bad luck. And then the third theory says it's about Catholics being burned at the stake if they're caught saying mass in anti-Protestant England. You know, <laughs> 16th, 17th century, <laughs> I think, was a source of a lot of these stuff. Uh-huh. And it had to deal with religion or royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I just feel like that. It's, it's, it's a big, it's like, oh, a song about a fire, a song about bad luck, or a song about burning people at the stake because they don't do what they're told. Oh, <laughs> what's well, funny is you look at a couple of these and they definitely have to deal with burning people to stakes. <laughs> um, and then you go like Baba Black Sheep. It's uh, was revised in modern times to make it a little less gloomy. Uh, it's about the government taking from the poor and giving to the rich. So there you go. Wool was a major source of wealth in medieval England. 13th century. We went back a little bit further this for this one. And the crown decided to tax tax it to pay for the crusades there we go religion again so one bag goes to the master the king another bag goes to the church which is the dame and nothing is left for the shepherd who took care of the flock so there you go (laughs) 
A lot of, yeah, a lot of these are just like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> so apparently they didn't, they didn't like the Church of England, so they decided to sing songs, because apparently that didn't matter. <laughs> Church and royalty, which went hand in hand back in medieval times and 16th century and 17th century, you know, all that. They're just like, yeah, we got to talk bad about them, but in code. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think it would be interesting to go back in time, like you said, because, I mean, we're just a lot of these are rehashed from historians piecing together puzzle pieces, right? And a lot of people are trying to give something meaning where there might not be. I, I could very easily see, like like we were talking about earlier with uh, raining its pouring guy. He'd be like, mm-hmm. I was, dude, I had, I had a couple of glasses of Humpty Dumpty. I just rhymed something. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't put any meaning of this. It's just some words that they fit. <laughs> well, I mean, that could kind of go with any song that you hear nowadays. I mean, like, you listen to one song on the radio and you're like, oh, yeah, this is about this. And the artist comes out and goes, nah, this was just a pop hit that I wanted to put out. It has nothing behind it. But somebody <laughs> interprets it some way. So maybe it's the same thing for nursery rhymes. I don't know. You would be surprised how tough it is to end, to rhyme something with end table. <laughs> <laughs> But I think we're also predisposed to think a lot of these things because nursery rhymes and you know kids' stories, a lot of them are so odd. Like mm-hmm. if, if you were coming up with a story, most of the things it's not things you would normally think of. They're just crazy weird ideas. But you look at Hans and Gretel stories, or oh, was it Hans Christian? Uh, the Hans, yeah, 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 yeah. All the the, the children's Grimm stories, brothers. yeah, Grimm yeah. brothers. I don't think of Grimm's fairy tales. Those are all disgustingly dark, horrific stories. Mm-hmm. And they were used as, you know, warn kids or teach kids lessons, but now they're like, oh, look at this. Oh, the wolf's going to eat your grandma. What a cute story. Right. Like it's, it's it's just an odd thing. And, you know, I always thought that too when I was, we had our baby or singing Rockabye Baby, like, I, why am I warning you that I'm going to drop you out of a tree? <laughs> like, is, is, Whoops. Is, is this a threat? <laughs> like, stop crying or else? Like, Rockabye Baby. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the bow to break? Do you? Because <laughs> that bow will break. I'll make that bow break. <laughs> Do you want to be Humpty Dumpty? Do you want to sit on this wall? Hmm. There's, I don't know. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of them that, I mean, even growing up, I was sitting there I was like, this is weird. And then when you become more of an adult, like, it's weird how these kept going right how they kept going through history not uh, obviously not all of them did because i'm sure you could find some obscure nursery rhymes from the 17th century that didn't get yeah, that are not pop culture yeah type thing yeah but it's weird how these evolved from 16th century 17th century to still now you know when it was back about the queen burning protestants at the stake or people getting beheaded or a weapon you know this this and this and how it just became pop culture you know it became a thing shrek makes fun of it you know it's it's one of the things now my gun drop by you know that whole thing and now it's on your caillou nap time playlist right (laughs) well i think it's too because some of the little nursery and stuff like that i don't know if you've got any with your little one that came through but there's a few things in our house that were kind of made up almost as a jest that became routines like singing good night uh, in in certain little songs that are completely mm-hmm. nonsensical, but to this day in our entire household, everybody can chant it and sing along to it, even though it was just like a made up. Just like, please shut up and stop making noise. I'm just gonna keep saying things. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna keep doing that over and over and over again. Yep. Okay, we got it. We got it. <laughs> and maybe maybe that's why 
some of these nursery rhymes stood the test of time. I mean, I don't, it's, it's really weird. Like a lot of people want to go back in time to change things or to, you know, make themselves richer. I want to go back in time to just experience how it was and see why things are the way they are. Like this is one, I want to go back in time and have the person who came up with, you know, like Mary, Mary, Quack and Cherry. That's one person. And back then they didn't have social media. They didn't have things. So it's they just started saying in the pubs and it just kind of spread that way or, you know, just yeah, inner circles and it, it like to see how it spreads. They didn't write it to get famous. It was <laughs> right. You, they're not sitting there like, you know, with their phones, like, Hey guys, what's up? Thanks for checking in it. Um, <laughs> my buddy Ezekiel here. We got a new nursery rhyme for you, you know, <laughs> like subscribe. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think back then they were called nursery rhymes. They're probably just like limericks or rhymes, right? Or songs. Yeah. I mean, it was it was probably a lot of it was just singing things. And there was, I mean, you put yourself back at the times, a lot of people didn't even have musical instruments. Like you wanted to play music, you sang, mm-hmm. or you like beat on a stick on a box or something, or not a box, a, a stump or something like that. Like the, right. there wasn't like you could just go down to ye old music store and pick up a guitar and a flute. It was <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, I got this wicked nursery rhyme I need to write down. <laughs> Give me my quill. <laughs> Fetch the ink well. There's creating to be done. But master, we couldn't afford the ink this week. Then give me your blood. <laughs> I'll work this into the story as well. Ungrateful swine. <laughs> Why? Because God told me to. Right. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> See, that's, that's what's interesting is that is how they spread, how they became popular, and they're still around today. I mean, a lot of TikTok fads don't even last that long. So <laughs> they get like a month and then they're done. Yeah, if that. Like, I was, I was trending on TikTok for four hours. Bravo. Can you beat Humpty Dumpty, though? <laughs> no, no, you can't. <laughs> but that, I think that's our takeaway from this thing is go go check out the blog at getgeekish.com. We're gonna, I'm going to post some of these on there so you can see what uh, some of the other research we did on them. But uh, what are some other dark ones you've heard of that we missed? And do your own research. Like I said, all this stuff is a fascinating look at just to see how people have interpreted these things over the years. Mm-hmm. And before you go off and tell people you know exactly the reason behind it, Nursery rhyme, maybe do just a little bit of research to see if it's actually plausible. Snopes is a great place for that. Yeah, it is. You know, in the in the era of fake things on the internet, just yeah, enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let us know worst worst nursery rhyme in your opinion at Get Geekish, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.